Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Wow. So good to be in church, hey? So good to be in church. When we were worshipping that beautiful song, Hallelujah, I was, I was getting ready to preach about the angels singing. I thought, oh, I'm sure I can hear angels here today. Not, not being fatigued, there was such a volume of hearts just lifted to Jesus. I thought, wow, I'm sure the angels are singing hallelujah. When we just lift up the name of Jesus, and I just felt his presence just grab my heart as we were just joining together. Because our hearts individually, when they join together, something happens. God just gets drawn to it. And when we were worshipping in that moment, I saw a few people here, and it's like you felt God had his arms folded and wasn't connecting to your heart. For whatever reason, Christmas reminds you of some challenges, or you're at a season of your life where you're still, you're, your head says, Jesus, come to transform your life, but your heart sometimes thinks God's still got his arm folded because you don't think you're good enough. You don't think that God could really forgive or change your heart. Well, you're still struggling with things. You thought, well, God only really accepts people that are doing all the right things. And I just felt the Holy Spirit just say, hey, encouragement's open. He's got his arms open. He doesn't condemn or reject. He invites you to come. And he says, if you're looking for him, he will be found by you. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. And maybe you felt that for whatever reason, you've been trying real hard just to do the right thing and to know this beautiful Jesus as your Savior and Lord. But at times you feel like he's got his arms folded and he's looking away to other people but not really looking at you. But right now, I just speak the name of Jesus over every heart. Lord, I pray that people right now would realize that you have your hands open. Your heart is open and you're looking at each one of us individually in this crowd of hundreds of people saying, I came for you. I love you. I'm changing your heart. And he's, he's inviting you to open up your heart for his healing power. In Jesus' name right now. In Jesus' name right now. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for your grace just encountering every heart. For young people who aren't quite sure who to trust, I pray that this Christmas they will experience your beautiful trust. In Jesus' name. And also, I, I feel there's, there's one or two people, you've got a child with an incurable skin disease. There's some disease on their skin that child may be here in church or it may be a growing adult, but you've got a child with an incurable skin disease and it causes them great stress and you great stress. And the Holy Spirit wants to do a work of healing. If that's you today, just give me a wave right now. You've got a child that's got some sort of incurable skin disease and I just know, I know. Just lift your hand up. Yeah, one down the back in the front here. The Spirit of God has given me that word to give you hope that there's a transformation. Yeah, there's at least three people here right now. Just keep, keep your hand up to heaven right now because I want to pray. Congregation, why don't we just lift up the name of Jesus right now. Let's believe for a miracle to happen today or over these coming weeks that will amaze them. Lord, right now we believe for your healing power over this child or young person with his incurable skin disease. Lord, I pray right now you would reach out and touch them with your grace. Lord, there will be a reversal of that condition. 
And Lord, from this moment, healing would come. We declare that in the name of Jesus. Lord, that rash would go. Lord, that peeling skin, that irritation, I believe for your healing power in the name of Jesus Christ. And we will give you praise, Lord, because you are so, so precious. And I thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Now, let your word be alive to us in Jesus' awesome name. Amen. Amen. Give someone a high five and let's take our seat. <clears throat> so good to have you with us here. So these next few weeks we'll be having a 9.30 morning service and our 5.30 evening service will recommence on the 20th of January. So all of a lot of our teams are away on holidays or missions trips and uh, that's exciting. Luke chapter 2. I love the story of Christmas. And my message today is, who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Luke 8, 2 verse 8. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the best news the world has ever heard. And it's for everyone everywhere. I like that, hey, no one's excluded. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. They all praised God, singing, glory to God in the highest roles of heaven. For there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. That's the Christmas message is peace and good hope for all mankind. It goes on and says, When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. You notice that? Let's go. And let's look for and find the word. That's what the original language actually means. It actually means a rima or revelation. The promise, the rima, the revelation, and that's what comes to us at this season in our lives. So they went looking and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, they counted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock, ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified Him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said." What a great story this is. Now, many Bible scholars believe that those shepherds were looking after sheep and those sheep were probably the lambs because they were near to where the temple was. They were probably the lambs that were being raised for the sacrifices for the temple worship. How fitting that those shepherds would hear the an announcement of the birth of the priceless Lamb of God when they were looking after the sheep that were going to be there for the sacrifice of worship. 
the shepherds were the lowest people of their social strata. So the angels came to tell the shepherds, instead of going and telling the king, Herod, or telling the religious leaders, you know, you'd think if there was a big announcement going, they'd go there. But no, they found the shepherds in the fields who were the lowest part of society who were looking after the sheep who were probably being raised for the sacrifices for people's sin. How amazing is our God? Nothing is ever there for no reason, just like nothing happens in your life without reason. And God wants us to remember that. Luke's gospel is the gospel of peace. The four prominent sacrifices of the Old Testament are emphasized in the four gospels. In Matthew, we see the death of Christ is the figure of the trespass offering. In Mark, the sin offering. In Luke, the peace offering. And in John, the burnt offering. God reveals himself all through the word in all sorts of amazing ways. The peace of God gives is emphasized in Luke's gospel, which is why the angels announce peace and hope. On the day of his resurrection, Jesus said, peace be with you. That's what they came to the shepherds because angels didn't show up very often. When they did, just like Mary when the angel came, she was terrified. So when angels showed up, remember they had 400 years where there'd been no prophets and no, not hardly any revelation from heaven to earth. 400 years of silence from heaven. Then all of a sudden there's this burst of activity. Angels showing up everywhere with the message that Jesus was coming. And so there was a whole lot of activity going on and they were bringing that message, that hope um, to people's lives. I heard the story of a little boy who was, about, who was chosen to play the innkeeper in the Christmas nativity play telling Mary and Joseph that there was no room for them in the inn but on the night of the big event you know what happened he stood on stage looked into the faces of the audience froze with fear then smiled and announced I'm not supposed to do this but come on in anyway <laughs> got his lines a bit mixed up fear can get you to do crazy things <laughs> but the good news is Jesus was born and he became our saviour, the saviour of the world. So what were the shepherds looking for? Number one, the shepherds were looking for Jesus after the angel had come to them in the fields. They found him in a manger with the animals, most likely in a cave at the back of an inn as the motel or the inn was full. Because you remember the census was on, so people were all travelling to their hometowns. So that's why all the motels and inns were full. The wise men, what were they looking for? The wise men came from another country to the east looking for Jesus, the new king of the Jews. Why would they leave their comfortable homes and travel to another country? On their camels for weeks or months, and that's not a, a comfortable way to ride. Anyone ever ridden a camel? I've got on a camel, mate, they're not very comfortable. Especially when they get the little jog up, you think your bones are going to break apart. And getting on and off is a real challenge, otherwise you get tipped out the front or off the back. But they followed a star for weeks or months from a foreign country, following the star, looking for the new king of the Jews. And they weren't dissuaded at all. They were looking for God a king. What about Herod? What was Herod looking for? He'd heard from the wise men that there was a new king to be born. So Herod was looking for Jesus to try and destroy him 
because he was afraid of a rival king that was going to come. Satan tries to destroy people or to destroy the image of God in us. If he can't destroy us, he tries to destroy the image of God in us. That's what shame and guilt and fear and shame and trauma and all the addictions, everything. It's, it's, it's designed to try and destroy our sense of identity, of value, of worth. But let me tell you, no matter what the enemy tries to destroy you are still as valuable in God's sight as he originally planned you to be. And God wants us to know that in our head and our heart and to feel it in our souls. That's why he came and took on human flesh so that he could identify with broken humanity, with you and I. So that we can not only know that in our head, but we can feel it in our hearts. So when you sing, when you worship, when you love one another, you can feel that, hey, God created me like this, unique, special, gifted. Some parts have broken as my soul, but my identity in Christ is being restored. The image cannot be smashed. It can be tarnished. It can be uh, messed up. It's like if you've got a $100 note, and that $100 note ends up getting dropped on the ground and it's covered in mud and and people walk over it and it can be all crunched up but if you take that to the bank so long as that thing's still intact it's still worth a hundred dollars even though it looks like it's worth worthless just a piece of paper our lives get trampled on by other people it gets broken by sin and and by the schemes of the enemy and by our own foolish ways But let me tell you, you're still as valuable as when God first created you. And that's what Jesus came to remind us as the saviour of the world. Simeon, the old man, was looking and waiting for Jesus in the temple. And he saw him on the eighth day of Jesus' life when he was brought by Mary and Joseph to be dedicated to God. 2.27 says, For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved on Simeon to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied. Now you've got to remember there might have been dozens or hundreds of babies came every day to the temple. But he waited and knew as soon as they walked in and says, he's the one. Holy Spirit said, he's the one. Look what he said. Lord and Master, I'm your loving servant and now I can die content for your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word. There it is again. The living word. Remember John 1? For he, he was with God in the beginning, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of life. The Savior you sent to the world. He will be the glory for your people Israel and the revelation light for all people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there awestruck over what was being said about their baby. When you have a baby or or a grandchild, people say all sorts of interesting things over them, don't they? Sometimes funny, sometimes filled with faith and sometimes just plain jealous or who knows what. Simeon then blessed them and prophesied over Mary saying, a painful sword will one day pierce your inner being for your child will be rejected by many in Israel. And the destiny of your child is this, he'll be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall and resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose this sign, but it will expose to all the innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. That's what Jesus does 
in his love and grace. Now, there's another old lady waiting there, Anna. She was 84 years old, a widow and who was also looking for Jesus in the temple and she gave thanks to God for Jesus. And I shared a little bit about that last week, how Anna lived an, a life of an attitude of gratitude and the power of thanksgiving. We see many others looking for Jesus during his life on earth. John 1.35, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing away, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say that, they followed Jesus. Poor old John, he lost his disciples and they went after Jesus. But he wasn't overly worried because he knew he'd, he'd been raised up to point people to Jesus. What about in Mark 16.6? The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I know that you're here looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen victoriously. Look, see the place where they laid him. So after Jesus died and rose again, people were looking for his body. People have been for Jesus all their life. They just don't sometimes know it. But when you discover him, then he transforms our world and our lives. Luke 24, 5 says, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. And it's so easy to be looking for dead, live things amongst dead things. And God says, hey, make sure you look for the right things. What about when Jesus went back to heaven? Acts 1, 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. They were looking for Jesus because he was heading back to heaven. Many were looking for Jesus, but I want you to remember today that he came looking for you. He came to this earth looking for you and I. Over these 2,000 years, he's been looking, searching for the lost. That's what the scripture says. Luke 19, 9, Jesus said to him, This shows that today life has come to you and your household. For you are a true son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. So Jesus came to this earth to connect with him, but he came looking for the lost. Thank God he's knocked on the door of our heart and we've found him. There's many in our community have not yet discovered the beauty of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you've never encountered the beauty of his grace and forgiveness. Let me tell you, Jesus has been looking for you. He's been searching for you. He's been sending messages, hey, I'm here, come on home. He's been doing that for a long time and sometimes we miss it and sometimes we get it. What about that Jesus told the story in Luke 15, 4. There was once a shepherd with a hundred lambs, but one of the lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the 99 lambs out in the open field and didn't stop until he found it. That's good news. Jesus didn't stop until he found you. And he's not going to stop until he finds some of your relatives and our neighbours and our friends. He's going to keep on searching till he finds them. He's going to keep on looking. He's going to send us out to be his vessel, to speak and bring hope and kind deeds. He's going to use the body of Christ to keep reaching out because Christ in us is seeking and searching for the last. And this Christmas he wants to stir your heart. Don't just enjoy the benefits of peace, but he's called us to be out seeking and saving the lost. Because that's why Jesus came. That's why he came, to seek and search for the lost. It goes on and says, 
With excited, exuberant joy, he raised it up and placed it on his shoulders, carrying it back with cheerful delight. That's how they found an injured lamb or lost it. They'd put it over their shoulders and hold on to two sets of legs either side. And that's how they would carry it home. And then it goes on and says, returning home, he called all his friends and neighbors together and said, let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. Jesus continued in the same way. There will be glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents, comes back home and returns to the fold, more so than for all the righteous people who never strayed away. Now God desires that none of us stray away, but the reality is all of us are like sheep and have gone astray. In the sin nature has caused all of us to go away, but he's come into our world to bring us back. This is the good news of the Christmas message. It's not a religious story. This is life. This is hope. This is freedom. That's why Jesus changed our lives so that we are thrust out by our life and our hearts. John 1.14 in the message, I love this. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. That's what Jesus did. He left the beauty and glory and safety of heaven into a dark, broken world. That's why we see when the angels came, there was light. The star pointed to the light because Jesus was showing that he's the light breaking into the darkness of humanity and people's souls and he's still doing that today. What a privilege to carry that light. goes on, we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. John pointed him out and called, this is the one, the one I could told you was coming after me but in fact was ahead of me he is always ahead of me has all his generous bounty gift after gift we get got the basics from Moses and this exuberant giving and receiving this endless knowing and understanding all this came through Jesus the Messiah no one has ever seen God not so much as a glimpse this one-of-a-kind God expression who exists at the very heart of the Father has made him plain as day well isn't it so Jesus has come when you sing the carols, I love them. I was watching some of the carols last night from um, Sydney and uh, tomorrow night they do the uh, Melbourne ones and there's always some people there that just shine Jesus. And I pray that your life over this Christmas time, the family members and friends we meet with, some of those relatives that aren't as excited about Jesus as you are or have had broken pain in their life and don't quite believe that God really loves and accepts them, I want to encourage you, shine the light. Show the love. Let's, let's be Jesus to them. Emmanuel, God with us. Wherever the presence of Jesus is, many things change. On the Christmas night, everything changed forever. When Jesus prayed for the sick, set people free from strongholds, fed the 5,000 with a small meal, raised the dead, taught the truth about life, many were transformed. I want to encourage you to be carriers of the presence of Jesus into the darkness of our world. His presence don't just give presence. Presence are an expression of our love and that he came. So, but let's as well as give presence. Because what a gift we do have in our lives. I want to encourage you this Christmas. I look up to Jesus. Look at your own life and then look out to the precious people in our community. 
couple more scriptures as we wrap it up with the team coming. John 12, 44, Jesus shouted out passionately, to believe in me is to also believe in God who sent me. For when you look at me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who trust in me will no longer wander in darkness. What a beautiful truth that is, that Jesus is there reaching out and we are seeking him with all of our hearts. I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who trust in me will no longer wander in darkness. What a beautiful treasure and gift that is. I love this um, promise. Many of us quote this one. We write it on Christmas cards. We put it on um, our phones. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Then you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. What a beautiful truth this is, that when you seek him, he will let you find him. He doesn't play hard to get. He loves us. I want to encourage you this you're looking for. Some people are looking just for a fulfillment. We look in relationships for acceptance. We search for things to find meaning in our lives. I heard recently that uh, they looked at some of the most researched words on the internet when people go onto Google. Do you know what three of the most researched words were? Work, sex, and God. When they added them all up, work, sex, and God. Work addresses our need for security and fulfillment. Sex addresses our need for companionship and intimacy. And God addresses our need to be loved and forgiven. Peace and joy, and to understand our life's purpose on earth. The good news of, is of Christmas is you can look for God and find Him by coming to know Jesus as your own personal Savior, by walking in His grace and carrying His presence. Be like the wise men, they kept looking until they found Him. They could have given up on that search. I mean, we don't know how many hundreds or even thousands of kilometers they traveled. It was at least hundreds of kilometers because they think they came from over in Persia somewhere. They followed the star. Now, that star, it says it was a bright shining star and it pointed to where Jesus was. How, what a miracle that is. I want to encourage you that Jesus has been looking for you. I trust that you've allowed him to find you. I trust that we're going to be ones that help point other people to Jesus at this Christmas time. And what did they do when they found him? They bowed down and worshipped him and they bought their special gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Gold was something that was given to royalty to a king. Frankincense was used in the incense for worship and myrrh 
was what they used to help embalm a body. Now, I'm not sure whether they thought deeply about what they bought, but prophetically, it showed that Jesus was going to die to fulfill his mission to be the saviour of the world. How amazing is that? So let's give him our hearts, let's give him our worship, and let's honour him as our king, because he died and rose again. Let's stand in his presence. Beautiful Lord. Beautiful Lord. I just love his beautiful presence. I just love how he draws us. How we lift our hands in worship and surrender. Let's just take a moment of surrender. Let's sing this beautiful song. Just let, let the presence of Jesus just draw us as we just draw close to him. Just got a few minutes before we finish our service and we invite everyone to stay for a cup or afterwards and have some fellowship. Wish each other a blessed Christmas. And, but there's a holy moment here right now. I just feel the Spirit of God drawing some people that maybe you've on holidays. You might regularly attend a church like this, but you just felt to go to church at this Christmas time. Or family member or friends, have, you've come and, and you've realized that Jesus has been looking for you and you've maybe never really understood the power of that. Or you're at a point saying, Jesus, I want to really connect with you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.